Welcome into the J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. I am Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder. <laughs> Good to be back, everybody. It is Election Tuesday as we tape this right now. It is exciting to be an American. I realize everyone's not too high, strong on each candidate, but you know what? It's your civic duty if you're over the age of 18 to go out and vote. Jackson, I know this is your first time voting. Very exciting time. This is my second time. Very early in the night. We don't know what's going to happen, but stay tuned for that. Obviously tonight and tomorrow. Also, some housekeeping business. We want to give a huge shout-out to all the Chicago Cub fans on the first World Series since 1908. Yes, that is correct. That is not a wrong year. That is over 108 years ago they won their first World Series since then. Congrats to them. All the Indians fans, my friend Jackson here. I'm sorry. I was up in Game 7 in Cleveland. It was a great time. Great comeback. Just too little too late. Uh, You know, it's all right. I mean, if anybody... I'm not going to be a sore loser here. If uh, any other team was to win it, I'm I'm happy for the Cubs. Hasn't won since 1908. Always pulled for that organization. Obviously not in this World Series, but I like to love to see that. That's a good run right there. Anyone that can come back from a 3-1 deficit, like the Cavs, uh, deserves a lot of a lot of praise. So uh, good job, Cubs. There you go. Absolutely. So we're going to kick it off here with college football. The second week in a row, the college football rankings came out. A little shakeup at the top. Last week we talked big time about Texas A&M being at number four. I said watch out for that Mississippi State game. You didn't believe me, and you know what happened? An upset, and all the college football world was t- flipped up on its head. There are four undefeated teams all sitting at 9-0 and at the top four. Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Michigan at three, and Washington slides up there. Ohio State and Louisville uh, trail just Washington right there at five and six. And at number seven, keep an eye out for the Wisconsin Badgers. They are currently seven and two. Do they have a shot at making that Final Four? Um, I don't see it happening. I see Ohio State or Michigan or maybe uh, both making the Final Four out of the Big Ten. I don't think there's any way Wisconsin can sneak their way in with Ohio State and Michigan both winning there. The main question for me that maybe you can answer for me, Bobby, is – why do they? Why does the committee still have Clemson sitting over Michigan? What is with that? Why uh, you look at strength of schedule? I mean, you can't look back at last year when both of the teams are nine games into this uh, this season. I mean, it's week eleven. Stop looking at last year. Michigan has played a harder schedule. No. I'm disagreeing with you right there. The harder schedule is definitely in Clemson's favor. They played at Auburn to start the season. Where's Auburn at right now? Top ten. They played Louisville when Louisville was third in the nation and was on fire. They were three at the time, and they played at Florida State at night just a couple weeks ago. Florida State was ranked 12th at the time in the AP poll. At the time. At the time, yes, but they still have three losses. I think the Florida State game is the best win – or would be the best win on on Michigan's schedule right now. Oh, really? Uh, What about a win against Wisconsin? Other than Wisconsin. Excuse me about that. Wisconsin. If you look at the second best win there. You have Colorado. Do you think Colorado should be a top 15 team right now? Absolutely not. They play anybody in the SEC. How about that 49-10 to win over Penn State? I mean, that's good. Congratulations. But the Penn State wasn't what they were then. They beat yeah, Ohio they're State still, they're still the same team. It's not like a team just beats one Ohio State team and then is the is a top 15 team. I have no problem right now with two and three being what it is. And regardless, they, those, teams, excuse me, those two teams would play each other in the first game of the playoff because one would play the four. And right now, no one wants to play that Alabama team who just went into uh, uh, Baton Rouge and in the Bayou and absolutely shut down that pitiful looked like offensive LSU winning that game ten nothing. I was a little surprised about that. LSU's defense looked like an NFL defense going against Alabama, absolutely shutting them down for the first three quarters. 
They dropped 11 spots. Ohio State demolished Nebraska. They won that game 62-3, to and Nebraska only dropped nine spots. That's what I'm confused about. I realize they're way out of the picture right now, and now LSU's at 24 at 5-3. and three. I like Ed, or- Ed Orgeron, the coach there at LSU. I think he's the right fit for that program. Let- just let him get his recruits in. Um, but moving forward, that SEC, the only tough game left for Alabama is going to be that Auburn game. That SEC East is about as weak as it gets than any other conference in the, or any division in any conference in the NCAA. I mean, you saw Kentucky almost beat your Bulldogs this past week and was going to be the leader of the SEC East. Does Alabama have any slip-up in between there or in the first game of the playoff? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Alabama has a, has a clear shot to the uh... – to the um, championship game. I mean, if it stays with Washington at four here, I'm not. I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure that they have played hard enough schedule to like even compete with Alabama. I mean, Washington sits at nine and zero. Has had some impressive wins, but those impressive wins are starting to look a little bit less impressive week after week. With with teams like Oregon losing, getting crushed by like almost every team that they play in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12's weak right now. I would say if Ohio State can find their way, sneak into number four there, uh, against, uh, and they would play Alabama in the first game, that could be a tricky matchup. That That's one that Alabama could lose. But I don't even think that, that if possibly Louisville sneaks into that four spot, I don't think that Louisville even gives Alabama a run for their money. Louisville's got a great offense, but you think that their defense could stop the Crimson Tide? I don't think so. No. So right now, as we said, we have Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Michigan at three, Washington at four. Those will not be the final results that come the end of the college football season. There will be shakeup. I promise you that. Who do you have at the very end of the season when it comes to time for the first uh, couple games for the playoff? Who will be in the final four in your opinion? Well, I mean, Alabama is not going to slip up. Okay. I don't think Clemson is going to slip up either. I think those are lock at one and two right now. Washington, um, they, they, the strength of schedule just isn't there. I mean, they close off the season uh, against USC they could, and Washington State. Those are two possible slip-ups. But I see Washington coming out and winning both those games by a touchdown or two. I don't think they get too scared there just, in the, just because the Pac-12 is so weak right now. Um, the only thing that you could see right now is Michigan. Ohio State-Michigan game at the end of the season, this is the only team that could slip up. And if Michigan loses, Ohio State definitely sneaks their way in at number four. I see Washington going to three, Ohio State going to four, if that were the case. But this is going to be a tricky game. I mean, I, I, I'm interested to see what the line is going to be going into this game. Um, Ohio State has a stacked team, a great coach in Urban Meyer. It depends on how JT Barrett plays in that game, honestly. If he if that team comes out and JT plays like he did uh, this past week against Nebraska, winning 62-3, to this Ohio State team, if they play like that week in and week out, they will win the national championship by huge numbers. It just shows you the potential of that team. Um, but Michigan has a great defense that could have Ohio State's number. It's really tricky, really tricky. Two great coaches, two great teams. It depends on the week, and I'll be able to tell you the week of that game, but right now it's 50-50 for me. All right, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Big Ten is up for grabs, whether it's the East Division or whoever comes out of that East has to play Wisconsin because both Michigan and Ohio State have beaten Wisconsin this year, uh, both by less than seven points each time. Michigan won by seven, 14-7 early on in October, and Ohio State 
ended up winning also by seven in overtime. Right now I have Alabama coming out of the SEC. Auburn's going to be a tough test at the end of the season, but they're playing them in Alabama, so they won't slip up there, and they have a cakewalk the rest of the way. The SEC East is absolute garbage. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, you got to look at the uh, excuse me, the uh, ACC Coastal. Right now, the North Carolina Tar Heels are ranked 17th in the nation of 7-2. Their only two losses are Virginia Tech and Georgia. At the time, Georgia was ranked 18th and Virginia Tech was ranked 25th. Since then, Georgia has fallen off the map and Virginia Tech has risen. But uh, if North Carolina has a cakewalk schedule against Duke, the Citadel, and North Carolina State, I can see them uh, jumping uh, what could be Virginia Tech, who has to play Georgia Tech and possibly Virginia at the end of the year. But I think Virginia Tech or North Carolina gives Clemson a run for the money in the ACC championship. Last year we saw Clemson only win by seven points in that game against North Carolina. Michigan, I have to stick with my hometown boys, Ohio State. They look like they did, like you said, every single game like they do against Nebraska. I don't see anyone touching them. That was an incredible game. Joe Burrow got in the game and looked incredible against that defense. Um, Washington, I'm telling you right now, I've said it since day or since day one, but a couple weeks ago, I have Washington State at the very end of the year beating them, if not losing this week to USC on the road. I don't know how good and young this uh, Washington team can play on in hostile environments. Game day is in um, Pasadena this weekend, so we shall definitely see what's going on there. I'd love to see two losses. Uh, it, I'd love to see two of these teams drop out. Oh. But you look at this Clemson team, I don't see them – uh, tripping up. I mean, the ACC, if you look at it from top to bottom, every single team plays the same st- style of football. It's all offense, no defense. And Clemson has proven that they are the best the best team in the conference at doing that. If you put Clemson against a completely different team, say Alabama, a team with a good, solid defense with an offense to match it, but a good, solid defense um, that could lock down an ACC team, I would say that Clemson slips up in that matchup. But when you put two high-powered offenses against each other, I mean, you looked at it with Clemson and Louisville. Clemson edged them. And uh, I think Louisville is by far the second-best team uh, behind Clemson in the ACC. I see North Carolina and Virginia Tech both as Tier 2 squads uh, right behind uh, Clemson and Louisville there. I, I don't see their offenses matching up, and that's how you play football in the ACC. Yeah, I want to give a fun fact before we end up switching a little bit topics here in college football. Michigan goes on the road and plays Iowa this weekend. Check this stat out. This will be Michigan's third road game of the year. This is the first time they're playing a team on the road that has a win in the Big Ten. They played Rutgers and Michigan State, both those teams at the very bottom of the Big Ten. Michigan State this past week lost to Illinois. They are having some problems there in East Lansing, and I think this could be a tough test for Michigan. Obviously, they have the last game of the season at Ohio State, and that's going to be a hostile environment if you've ever seen Columbus during November when they have to play Michigan. But other than that, there's really not that many marquee matchups this week other than Washington and USC late on uh, Saturday night at 7.30 on Fox. Could you see Washington slip up that game? Well, it's tough because you look at USC's losses and you look at their wins – their wins as of late, they are on a, a five-game win streak, which is very impressive. Um, they, they started the season losing 52-6 to six to Alabama, started 1-3. and three. They lost to then seven, seventh-ranked Stanford and Utah by only a few points. But they're standing at 6-3, and three, and it's an impressive comeback, them winning five straight games after falling 1-3. and three. But you look at these wins, 
and they aren't great wins. You, they, they beat Cal, they beat Oregon, they beat Arizona. The biggest, the biggest win was Colorado, and uh, I don't know. I mean, the Pac-12, or the Pac-12 is so weak this year that it's hard to say that this USC team really is back. They're just the, the better of a worse conference. Um, I, I think Washington beats them by a touchdown or two. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think Sam Darnold, the quarterback for USC, has been playing lights out. He's got a 20-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio since coming in and taking over for Max Brown, the starter at the, regular, or the beginning of the season for USC. But to go back on the five-game win streak for USC, yes, they barely beat Colorado, but Colorado is highly ranked right now in the uh, college football rankings. But they're putting up 41 points against Arizona State, 48 at Arizona, 45 against Cowan, 45 against Oregon. The offense is coming to play. I don't know how good Washington's defense is compared to the good offense USC's been bringing to the table since they switched quarterbacks. I'm going to go up with another upset in the top four this week. I think the four back-to-back weeks going to drop out, and I think Ohio State and Louisville are going to have a bloodbath the rest of the season to try to get into that last spot. And uh, I guess we'll have to see what's going on there. But to Louisville, Lamar Jackson, seven touchdown performance last week against Boston College. I know it's not the best team ever. Do we give him the Heisman Trophy right now? I would hand it to him. Okay. I mean, you see week in and week out, Lamar Jackson has been unstoppable for Louisville. And, I mean, the we said at the beginning of the season, the only thing that could slow Lamar Jackson down from this Heisman race would be an injury. You look at this man's numbers. He has 2,753 yards through the air. 26 touchdowns to six interceptions. You don't see those kind of numbers. Rushing, he also leads the Louisville Cardinals. He's got over 1,000 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. Count it, 19 touchdowns. This is the best performance by a football player that we've seen as of I don't know when. Maybe since I, Cam uh, Newton? Did Cam Newton put up those numbers? Yeah, Cam Newton was um, breaking some records. We have to go back and check that after this. But, I mean, yeah, compared to what he's doing, it's been unbelievable for the past couple of years. There hasn't been a player to stand out like him in such a long time. And to even go on the game he lost at Clemson, he rose in the standings and the, and the uh, Heisman race. I think it's just who's going to join him right now. They've been saying Jabril Peppers from Michigan. Uh, you got to keep a lookout for the quarterback, uh, Browning and Washington, just because he's undefeated. And they're also putting up numbers. But, I mean, they're just going to sit next to him and then shake his hand once he gets his name called. It shouldn't be a surprise at all who wins it this year. Um, before we switch subjects, a couple big games next week we'll talk about uh, next Tuesday. But to the one ranked game going on right now, I don't know if you saw this or not, Western Michigan is on the road at Kent State. Kent State is in the third quarter up 14-13. to That could all help our Ohio Bobcats moving forward because Toledo has to play Western Michigan at the end of the year. Who knows about that? All right, switching topics now to the NFL, Jackson. A lot of stuff was a little crazy, especially last last night's Monday night game in Seattle. I don't know if you saw any of it, but the end of the first half, Richard Sherman was offsides, rushed to uh, try to block the kick uh, from Dan Carpenter, the kicker for Buffalo, end up tipping the ball a little bit, then roughing, running into the kicker, which should have been a roughing the uh, kicker penalty, which should have moved him up 15 yards. It was only a five. It was an offsides call, so it only moved up five yards. They ended up getting a delay game on Buffalo the next play, which moved him back five more. He missed the kick. Buffalo ended up losing the game by six points. If he could have made that kick beforehand, they would have been down by three, and they would have set up a, a game time field goal at the end of the half. I think the NFL has been in a little trouble this year with the ratings. I think the referee play has not been up to up to par, I guess you could say, and. Uh, 
there's really not that great of standout teams this year. You have the Patriots and the uh, Cowboys. What's your take on this stuff right now? Well, I was just thinking about that earlier today. I, I'm frankly, I'm an NFL guy over an, uh, over a college football guy, but this year I'm not. I've watched so many more college football games. I've been intrigued by this year's college football. The NFL. I'll watch I'll watch one or two games. I'll of course watch all the clips and everything, but I don't go I don't find myself loving these football games. And I was thinking about why today. And and I was looking at the power rankings, all the scores, um and and over half of these teams are five hundred or below. There are no standout there there's teams that could win any week, which is sort of intriguing, but the only teams that you can actually see winning this thing would be the Patriots, um, possibly the Seahawks. I don't know. The Patriots are going to win. Like, you think so? You think it's a lock right now for them? I, I mean, it's hard to say not. I, this, the Seahawks are dangerous. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, the Raiders are up there at number three on the power rankings, which, yes, they're 7-2. and two, uh, Great record for them right now, but... Um, you know, I mean, they're the Raiders. They're gonna, and they're a young team. They don't have what it takes to beat the Patriots this year. It's just, it's just a lot of previously bad teams are now getting better records, but aren't all the way there. The Patriots are sitting on top, and everyone else is sort of dwindling off. It's just those those big matchups on Monday nights, those primetime matchups, just aren't. They don't matter as much this year because. I don't know. And you even look at the AFC North, you've got the Ravens and the Steelers at the top of the division at 4 and 4 uh overall. And and that's pitiful. The AFC North is supposed to be year in and year out one of the best divisions in in the NFL. The Bengals are probably going to end up winning that division as of now. I want I want to go too quick on that one. I don't want to jump the boat and end up jinxing my Bengals. But right now, I know you said you don't like to play, and I know how a lot of the teams are below 500, but in the NBA, it's the same way every year. There's always about halfway through the season, you got more than half of the teams below 500. But when you have the Dallas Cowboys at 7-1, and you've got the Oakland Raiders at 7-2, and and you have the New England Patriots at 7-1, and everyone else has got to be sharing the other, the other wins in between there. If those are the best teams you got, um, it makes the division races a lot better and the wild card uh, races a lot better. You've got... A battle for wild card in the AFC, the AFC North. You have three teams battling for first place. The AFC South. You got everyone besides the Jacksonville Jaguars only a game out. Tennessee's playing all right. Indianapolis Colts. You don't know who's going to come out. Whether it's a good Andrew Luck who just showed up against the Green Bay Packers, and you don't know with Brock Osweiler. And then you look at the AFC West. You got three teams, and even you got the Chargers at the fourth place team who can win any week they play. They beat the Broncos a couple weeks ago. Uh, right now, I think the Cowboys got it locked up in the East, but then you got uh, everyone above 500 or at 500 behind them, so they're playing well. The NFC North is very intriguing with the Green Bay Packers were at the top, slipping down. Minnesota Vikings were playing great in the beginning and then slipping down, the, and then you have the Lions playing hot as hell right now. Your Falcons you got to be happy with. I, I just like the races. I know you always have like one team coming out, guns blazing and winning everything, but in the AFC, you always have the same three quarterbacks. It's been Peyton Manning, Roethlisberger, and Tom Brady. You don't have Manning anymore, and you have Roethlisberger hurt. That opens the door for a lot more young studs. You got Luck coming up. You got Osweiler playing all right. You got Derek Carr shining in Oakland right now, who's looking unbelievable. And uh, it's got to be defenses. Defense got to step up. The quarterback play has not been there in the NFL this year, uh, like we have seen in the past. But it's a changing of guard. I think the NFL later this season, right now the election is going to be over tonight. 
There's going to be no more debates. So we'll move on from there. And I think during Thanksgiving, you'll see the ratings go skyrocketing out the roof. There's going to be nothing other to do than watch football. It's going to be too cold here in the north. Uh, that's that's probably true. I mean, if you look at the division races, they are tight. Uh, but if you don't have a team in there, I mean, it's hard to root for your team to get. The, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, it's hard to root for your team when you know you don't have the team that can win the Super Bowl this year. Well, they do. They have a team every single year. It's just whether Roethlisberger could stay healthy. Did you watch the game against Baltimore this past week? I know your your Browns were playing the Cowboys. The, yeah, I, I watched bits and snippets of it. it, it my problem is the. The Steelers are, yes, they don't have their star quarterback in Roethlisberger, but I, I think the Ravens are such a weak team this year. I, I think that they have been for the past few years. Like it, it, that, that game really surprised me. It I, could be weak, but they played at home. It's any given Sunday. Roethlisberger was hurt. They, the defense got after him. And you know what? They played great. I was telling all my Steelers fans in my group chat, uh, Sam Gar, Ty Neff, and Eric McQuiston, you can't play those. You can't play Roethlisberger. Hurt. I know they were like scared of playing Landry Jones and everything, but you got one first down in the first half. That is pitiful if you're a Steelers offense coordinator or anyone on the offense. You got Antonio Brown throwing the ball. I mean, everything was checked down on third and six. They they were throwing for two yards. The Ravens came to play that game. Obviously, they love playing the Steelers, and they got after it. They were blowing them out in the fourth quarter until eight minutes left, and then the Steelers decided to wake up before we saw the worst onside kick ever with Chris Boswell to end that game. But uh, I'm just I'm very confused with Tomlin and what he thinks. If the offense was not moving. Maybe you want to switch quarterbacks if he didn't. Well, the Steelers will be fine, though. Roethlisberger needs to get healthy. Once he becomes healthy, that team is the, one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL to play. I would agree with that. It'll co- It'll come down to it. The Steelers have the talent. That's why it's just upsetting to see them them week after week underperforming. And I mean, sometimes it's just not their year. Sometimes I mean, it, losing I hope so. I'm with you there. Losing to the losing to the Ravens is a little weak. I mean, the Ravens lost four straight games going into that into that matchup. I know they're rivals and everything. Um I don't know. I, I I didn't like it. I didn't like their performance. I think the Ravens are pretty weak. All right, so let's go with some pick 'em games here for the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs right now are six and two. Alex Smith is coming back off his concussion protocol for sitting out last week. Nick Foles stepped up and they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're on the road in Carolina Panthers territory in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cam Newton is starting to get his team on a roll. They've won two games in a row to save the season. They are three and five. Carolina is favored by three. That means it would be a toss-up game if it was in a neutral site. Who do you have in that game? Well, this is interesting because I think the Panthers are sort of on their way back. Kansas City always uh, recently has always sat around 6-2. and two. The Panthers, with a healthy Cam Newton, can be the team that they were last year. They, they, they're they 3-5 and five right now, but have been doing some pretty good things lately. Um, won the last two, beat the Cardinals and the Rams, who are, they are, neither of those teams are bad teams. They are not what their record shows. The Carolina has a stacked offense, uh, excuse me, Arizona has a stacked offense that can beat just about any team. Um, Kansas City, it's interesting to see, uh, it's interesting to see a 6-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs team be uh, the underdog in this. I mean, Carolina has a 60% chance of winning this game. Um, 
I don't know. I, it, it, you ask me right now, I, I would say that it's a field goal or a touchdown win from Carolina. I think Cam Newton's going to get back on track. This is the place to do it at home. They're not going to be the team that they were last year, but given the records in the NFC right now, they could slip out still winning this division, sitting at only 3-5-1 and one right now. If they win out, which is definitely possible for this for this strong of an offense, strong of a defense also, it's possible for them to win out, um, maybe lose one game along the road, and still get to the playoffs and make a run. Yeah, no, it's going to be very interesting that game. I like Carolina staying hot in this one, playing at home. If it was in Kansas City, I would see it a different way. Alex Smith coming back is going to be very difficult for him to get his feet underneath him and, and come back like he has. He's been playing great before that. Um, great job for Nick Foles, though. They were up a little bit. I think it was like 19 nothing against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars before the Jags came back and almost won that game, but the defense for the Chiefs stepped up big time. Looking at the next game, though, your Atlanta Falcons are 6-3. and three. That offense is incredible. Thank goodness I picked up Matt Ryan for my backup quarterback for fantasy. He stepped up big last week. Is this the end? They're going to Philadelphia for the Wentz wagon. Right now the Eagles are falling apart, but they are 3-0 at home. They are 4-4 and total record. It's an even line. If they lose this game, I think they fall out of the playoff picture as a whole in the NFC. Do the Eagles win this game and fly high and stay alive? I don't think so. I think they lose three straight. I think morale is low. Uh, they were winning. They're uh, winning purely based on. Um, if you look at the beginning of their schedule, they played the Browns and the Bears. Arguably, two not not even arguably two of the worst five teams in the. Uh, in the NFL right now, and then they put up a, a crazy win against the Steelers uh, on their home on their home turf. Though that was the only real impressive game besides that Vikings game, which is looking less impressive week after week. But they lost two straight to the Cowboys and the Giants. Wentz isn't performing like he used to. This Philadelphia team is falling even like everyone predicted them to be at the beginning of the season before Wentz started getting hot. Wentz only has nine touchdowns on the season. Everyone look at that. That's that's a touchdown per game. That's that's not that's not very impressive. Um I don't know. I'm not really I'm not saying that he isn't a possible franchise quarterback anymore because I think he's got great skills, great potential. Um but I think this I think Atlanta wins this game. The Eagles drop below 500 and finish the season 9 and 7, 8 and 8. I think this is funny because we look at the first two picks in this draft. You had Jared Goff going to the Rams. That has been the biggest bust I've seen in a long time in the NFL. I'm looking at it like you had a chance to pick Joey Bosa or Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, excuse me. Ezekiel Elliott's the number one rusher in the NFL still. And Joey Bosa is destroying quarterbacks down in that AFC. They're in the both of them are in the run for rookie of the year. I mean, you have the two best players coming from Ohio State, and you you go away from them. Went started out hot as hell, was doing great, and then he falls apart right now in the middle of the season. And Goff has not even dressed once. It's been embarrassing. I mean, he has dressed, but he's not even getting a chance to play in the game. He's not ready. He's not big enough. He's so small. And I think the Rams are finally realizing that it has been a terrible decision to go up and try to pick a quarterback from the local area. Um, I'm laughing at this because I'm a diehard Buckeye fan. I thought those two should have gone back-to-back with Bosa and Elliott going one and two. But uh, I guess it sucks to suck if you can't draft. The Browns have seen a lot of that lately. Uh, but <laughs> another game to look out for, which I'm excited for, is the Cowboys and Steelers. The Dallas Cowboys 7-1 and one with Elliott running crazy. Dak Prescott throwing the ball like crazy. And it seems like Jerry Jones is finally easing up on that put Romo in. 
But again, I feel like they could be one loss away from uh, flipping that script because he's got a quick trigger finger up there in this press box. The Steelers lost last week. We just talked about that at home or on the road. Excuse me, at Baltimore. Pittsburgh's favored by two and a half. Huge game for the Steelers. If they lose this game, Baltimore could take the lead there uh, this week, or you could possibly see the Bengals win and take over as well. So uh, the Ravens play the the Browns. I think that it's an easy win, so it puts the pressure on the on the Steelers. Who do you have in the Steelers game? Well, this is interesting, and I might I might be completely wrong here, but I think it'd be very interesting to see the Pittsburgh Steelers win, and I could see them doing it. They're favored at home, sixty percent chance of winning. They're three and one at home. They sit at four and four overall, but they're three and one at home. It's hard to play at Heinz Field, and uh, Jerry Jones. That's a good point you make. He is he yes he's easing up on putting Romo in, but that's just because of the media and how and and everyone is just gonna explode on him if he puts Romo in with a seven and one uh, Cowboys team. But if they lose this game and drop to seven and two, Prescott doesn't have a great game. Then I could easily see him. He might even be rooting to lose this game so he can put Romo in. Um, this could be tricky. Dallas Dallas hasn't lost since week one. Uh, they're due. And Pittsburgh's due for a win. It's as simple as that. Roethlisberger uh, could get hot in this game. He's got something to prove. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, those are three of the best players, offensive players in the NFL right now. Um, you've got When you've got that sort of talent, you're, you're bound to get it together after a little while. I could see him getting it together here. I, the, the Cowboys are, are great right now. But I could I don't I notice that I didn't put them in my top two teams when I was talking about who who has the chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. I think it's this it's the Patriots, um, or the Seahawks. Or the Seahawks yeah, uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh might trip Pittsburgh might trip the Dallas Cowboys up here. Well, they lost they've lost three in a row. They lost to the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, then the Patriots and the Ravens. The Patriots are the best team out of those three by far. The Dolphins were a, slou- a lousy team at the time. They've gotten hot since then. And the Ravens are always a toss-up there as a huge rivalry game. I see the Cowboys playing tough. It's so hard to pick against Pittsburgh, though, because they can come back and, and, and burn you so easily. I don't know how good this defense is for the Cowboys. I know Antonio Brown's ready to go off, and Le'Veon Bell is, is uh, ready to run all over. After this game, though, the Steelers' schedule lightens up big time. They play the Browns, the Colts, and the Giants aren't great teams. Browns are not even close to being in that category, but the Colts and Giants are, are around that 500 record before it hits the uh, very cold months of December. So we have to keep an eye on that one. I see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning that game. Uh, I think they cover that two and a half point spread, win maybe by a field goal to touchdown. The last game I want to talk about is a Sunday night game before we switch to the NBA. This is a rematch of a Super Bowl a couple years ago when uh, they. Sh- I guess Pete Carroll should have ran the ball with Marshawn Lynch, decided to throw the ball with uh, Russell Wilson, and Malcolm Butler picked it off for the Patriots. The Seahawks winning a, a very nail-biting uh, Monday night game this past week against the Bills. The Patriots uh, had a bye week. They're at home, 5-2-1 and one for the Seahawks. Patriots are 7-1. and one. Patriots are favored by a touchdown and a half, seven and a half points. Do you see them covering that spread? Do you see them even – being a close, I mean, do you see that anyone's tripping up the Patriots from here on out? I think Tom Brady's too hot. What, what, what's your take? Well, like I said earlier, these are the two teams that have the have the chance right now to win the Super Bowl in my eyes. They're both strong teams. Seattle is a defensive minded team as they bit as they have been for as as long as they've been good the past five years or so. Um, 
New England is completely the opposite. Whoever controls the pace of this game will win this game. If they can slow it down, Seattle's go- Seattle will win this game. If New England speeds this up, Tom Brady gets hot, I don't see them losing. Um, so that that being said, it could go it could go either way in my mind. I think if the Patriots make this a high scoring game, they will very well cover that spread. But I don't know. It, it depends on the weather. Depends on uh, how this team plays. I'd lo- I'll tell you. I'd love to see the Seahawks win this game. I think that would make the NFL way more intriguing to see the Seahawks knock off a good Patriots team. Uh, that would that would look a lot better for the playoff picture, for the Super Bowl picture, possibly. Uh, as I'm saying now, I, I like this as as a Super Bowl matchup, and uh, I I don't know. But I, I would like to say Seattle wins this game by like three points or so. I look at this game right now. I'm looking at the schedule here for the Patriots. If the Seahawks don't trip up the Patriots, the Patriots go in 15-1 this regular season. I would agree with that. After this week, they play the 49ers. Easy win. At New York Jets with right now Fitzpatrick maybe out for the season. Easy win. The L.A. Rams, cakewalk. They play Baltimore late in, uh, I think it's a Monday night game in December. And then they play the uh, Broncos at, in Denver the next week. That could be a tricky two-game matchup, but then they finish the season with the Jets and Dolphins. I really don't see any other teams stepping up, so this is the last straw to anyone beat the Patriots before the postseason. It'll be a nail-biter until uh, the fourth quarter. I, I see Gronk being too much of a factor against that Seattle Seahawks defense, and I see uh, the Patriots rolling away with this one, winning by 10 or more to finish that game. We'll talk about more about this next week, see what was right and what was wrong. But flipping the script to the NBA, what a weird start to the season. Your Cleveland Cavaliers are kicking some butt there in the East. Looks like no one's going to be even contending with them. You look at the West, uh, Steph Curry got his streak of 150-plus games of hitting a three-pointer end the uh, two games ago that he comes back and breaks the NBA record for 13 threes in a single game, which was the most ever what do you see going on in the West? Who is your favorite right now? I know we talked a little bit about about it last week. Is it still the same, or can anyone touch uh, Golden State? Well, I mean, Golden State sits at four and two right now. They're uh, third overall in the power rankings. This is interesting because Golden State has a lot of talent on their team, as everyone knows. But it could it could be a curse for them. I mean, you look at that 2015 Ohio State Buckeyes football team. And that and they that was an NFL caliber team when it comes to talent. This Golden State team has been a little has been a little rough recently. There's not the, people don't know their roles. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green don't know what their role is on this team. And then you've got this power struggle going on between Steph Curry and um, uh, uh, Kevin Durant. They don't know you don't know which one is going to be the number one scorer on the team. I don't know what team relationships are like, but. Um, Anderson Varejao at the end of last year was just talking about how great this team got along. When you bring in another egomaniac and a superstar in Kevin Durant on this squad, you don't know how team tensions are going. Steph Curry was the man. I don't know. Kevin Durant, is he the man now? It's all going to be complex, but I, I see them still figuring stuff out. There's too much talent on that team. If you need to sit Draymond Green or Klay Thompson for a little while, um, I guess that's what you're going to have to do. It looks like they're going to sit Clay Thompson, but it's 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 tricky. Um, but yes, Cleveland's going to run the East cakewalk. Oh, uh, I might have spoke too soon. I don't know if you saw that, but the Atlanta Hawks beat the Cavs tonight, one o ten or excuse me, one ten to one o six in Cleveland. Wow, giving the Cavs their first loss. 
Obviously, ESPN's going to be hopping all over that, saying the Cavs might be falling apart. The chemistry's not there. <laughs> Cleveland's going to lose games, folks. The second-best team in the East right now are the Charlotte Hornets. They are 5-1 and one and rolling. I need to give a shout-out to my older roommate this past summer, Matt Dillback. He moved to Charlotte, and he was texting me last night during, during the game. He actually went, and he's been real pumped up. The, the city's obviously loving them because the Panthers aren't doing their thing uh, for Charlotte. But regardless, it's going to be a cakewalk in the East for the Cavs. Uh, the West, though, I mean, again, wide open. OKC 6-1. and one. Only loss was that huge blowout when Golden State – pretty much shut down that whole team besides Russ. Um, the Clippers are there, San Antonio. It's going it to be a dogfight to the end there for that top four. Uh, after that, I could see Memphis coming back right now. They're just outside, but it's so early to tell. The, the NBA is a little crazy in that, in that sense of, uh, of fact that it's such a long season with 82 games and it just drags out because most teams get a, a day to three-day break after every single uh, game. But you look at the uh, leaders right now. DeMar DeRozan for Toronto has 33.7 points per game is number one. And then uh, Lillard for Portland, he's got 32. That team could be a little deadly if their backcourt can stay healthy. James Harden in Houston's got 31.6. But I still think Golden State and the Cavaliers have another uh, dinner date in the NBA Finals. And I guess we'll go from there. Uh, what else you got to say about the NBA? Anything? It's It's going to be interesting to see how the West plays out. I mean, this Golden State team... Wouldn't it be crazy to see them not make the playoffs? I mean, not excuse me, they're going to make the playoffs. Not make the NBA championship after picking up Kevin Durant in the offseason? I think that would make the NBA a little bit more interesting. I'm sort of rooting for that. No, absolutely. Uh, I want to move a little bit here to the UFC before we end this show, if that's cool with you. This weekend, it is UFC 205. Eddie Alvarez, the champion here, is facing off against Conor Notorious McGregor. It is going to be a an unbelievable fight card. There you got people headlining all over. That's the the uh, main fight, the uh, pay per view at the very end, going for that uh, belt. You got Tyron Woodley. Uh, he's got the belt there for the welterweight, going against Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson has been very very quiet. He's thirteen and one for the uh, out of, coming out of the United States. He's been injured a little bit coming back. I'm excited to see a lot of these fights. Also, you got Chris Weidman, first fight in a long time. Uh, since he got knocked out big time in his last championship fight um, against Joel Romero. I know you're not a UFC fan, but you got to promise me you got to go to B-Dubs or come to my place because I'm getting on pay-per-view. It's going to be a wild night at my house. I'm going to have a whole bunch of guys over be drinking a couple uh, adult beverages and uh, going crazy to that one. But UFC 205 in New York City, first time they're having that in a long time. Uh, first time ever for the UFC, but I'm very pumped up. Hopefully you can come and I can show you a little – fighting moves there but uh <laughs> anything else to say before we wrap things up that's all i got all right guys thank you so much for listening to the jmb weekly wrap-up follow us on twitter at jmb weekly wrap-up we will give you a nice follow back as well want to give a huge shout out to our producer here mateen sticking around on late tuesdays while he's been sick the last couple of weeks and studying for a couple tests but that's all from jackson schroeder and myself bobby levine so long knuckleheads <laughs>